Julieta Fierro is an astrophysicist and a full-time researcher at Mexico's National University. Julieta spoke to women scientists last week in Trinity College about her work and she talked about light shining on women in optics, tools for success. Women, she says, are underused as far as science is concerned. When she was a little girl, she wanted to run away to the circus and have 12 children, but life didn't pan out that way. Her mother died when Julieta was 13. Her father told her that women's brains were smaller than men's and that she should stay at home and mind children. And that was when she discovered she loved school. She said women see the world with a very different viewpoint and they have lots of great ideas. Women have a different set of values and approach to science. She advises women not to be too concerned about housework only care about three things that really matter to you. You don't have to prepare perfect meals and have a perfect house. And for women scientists, she advises that it doesn't matter if it takes you longer to do your research because women live longer anyway. I am Julieta Fierro. I'm a full-time researcher at Mexico's National University. I'm an astrophysicist and my I most of my work is concerned with outreach. And your work today, you were talking about light. Now, it seems to me like you're the sort of person who has shed a lot of light on a dark area of science yourself. Tell me a little bit about your work with light. Well, as you know, astrophysicists use light in order to understand the universe. Our main, um, most of our data come from the analysis of light. So I have um, done research on regions where there's lots of star formation, right? Lots of stars are being born. And when stars die, they, they process new material and they enrich the interstellar medium with new material, especially new chemical elements like oxygen. So one can measure the amount of oxygen in different parts of the universe and understand how the universe evolves, how it was born and how many stars are born and what will be its future. You do a lot of work with TV and radio and you know, bringing science to, to young children, people of all ages. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think we need to do more of this and what, what, what encourages you to do this? I think it's very important to do outreach because many decisions throughout the world are taking, taken without understanding the importance of science, especially basic science. Many politicians feel that basic science is useful, that one should only do applied science. And I understand there are lots of problems in the world that require applied science, like vaccines or um, hunger problems, etc. But what they don't realize is that apparatuses such as your recorder is possible thanks to basic science, to science that was useless at its time but now um, is, is wonderful. And cell phones is another example. If they can't take these pictures, it's because astronomers needed very good detectors to take images from the universe. If they have these enormous memories, it's because astronomers had to store thousands and billions of, of data. And that's why they have such good memories. So all basic science eventually helps technology. And the future of the world has to be with technology. 
small things like your recorder that require a small amount of energy that aren't are lightweight because otherwise the, the, the planet won't survive. So the only way that we can improve the quality of life throughout the world is if we invest money on basic science. And what's the way to achieve this? Well, talking about science in the media and having people support science. And that way politicians will be encouraged to support science. Do you think there's a need to, to support and enthuse young women, particularly from the time they're very small, to be curious about science, to be curious about the universe? Is that important to inspire, particularly well, all young people, but particularly girls? Of course, because our minds are different than men's, completely different. We solve problems in different ways. We view the world in different ways. The problems we wish to address are different. Just suppose there were more women gynecologists. The, the tests to see if we have breast cancer wouldn't be as violent as they are. They hurt. They're, it's terrible. You can tell they were designed by men. The safety belts in cars are terrible for women. They press your breasts. All these things, well, the architects, the bathrooms, the ladies' bathrooms, that the theaters are always, there are lots of cues for the women because they don't even ask our advice. So if women are encouraged to become scientists or any other careers, they will address the problems that are important for women and the welfare of humanity will rise. Uh, Hillary Clinton once said that, you know, women are the greatest underused resource in the world. Would you agree with her and why? I don't know if underused. Women do 70% of the manual work in the planet and men own 70% of the resources in the planet. They might think women are most exploited, but they are underused as far as science is concerned and is as, as far as professional careers are concerned, yes, definitely. When you say women's minds are different mm -hmm. to men, in what ways are they different? Well, for instance, um, before women came into science, physiologists made a rat run on a, on a, on a band and see how long it, 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 um, it lasted. When women went into science, they started science, studying what love was all about. Women thought that wasn't important. And women found out why this crazy love passes and turns into friendship, why you feel you die if you don't see the loved one. All these things were thanks to women. So they truly have a different set of values and different ways of addressing problems and science. Um, I was impressed with one of the slides that you had up about um, where ideas and research come from, that you need time to think, that you need time to relax and then to go back and look at things. Is that something that you thought long and hard about, that process? No, I read it and I realized that's the way I am. when I working on whatever, it takes such a long time to, for ideas to come. And many times they come as this classical in the shower or while you have to walk in the park. I always get it when I'm chopping vegetables. There's something about doing a, re a repetitive thing, <laughs> yes. you know, like you get ideas for things that just absolutely. come to you when you're doing something and you're in that you know, mind space. You're absolutely right. You brought up that it's a little bit easier for women in Mexico mm -hmm. because you have 
easier access to childcare and a mm-hmm. lot two million did you say two million women are working you know as domestic yes. in, in the domestic area yes. um, and they're underpaid they don't have social security they can't be fired anytime they have no contract but yet it's it's uh, professional women who benefit from having oh, these women very much I was I had my kids I had two maids living at home and now I have a lady that comes in three times a week which is a great privilege. I was delighted that you were saying, you know, why should we worry about if our house is not tidy or if we're getting a pre-prepared meal? Would you give maybe three pieces of advice to women who want to pursue their career and yet not be doing it, every, doing everything, and you know, being permanently tired, as you say? What would your three pieces of advice to women? They don't have to be the best of the world in absolutely everything, except maybe the three things they care most about and the rest isn't important. They care about their husbands, that's important. They care about their kids, that's important. They care about their careers, that's important. And all the rest doesn't matter if they don't dress properly or they don't exercise or they don't prepare these exquisite meals. Who cares? Nobody cares. Do you think we worry too much about being a good girl? Oh yes, definitely. Yes, you're absolutely right. We care too much about what other people think about us. And for a moment, they would care about you. But afterwards, they have their own problems. They forget thinking about you. And there you are, all concerned if you're doing the right thing or not. You also said something about uh, it shouldn't matter if it takes you that bit longer to do your research. Does that particularly apply to women? Definitely, because women have to raise our families. And it's a terrible problem because once they're through with their education, they won't have children because they can't wait forever to have their children. So they, they're less efficient in their jobs, so they don't earn enough money because their evaluations aren't as high. They don't earn the prizes. And there are many prizes that are for young people. So if, and people that earn prizes are the people that already have prizes. So if you don't earn the first prize, you don't get all the rest. So women that have prizes are much fewer than men. And it's, it's due to that the, the, they, become, they be, begin their research further in life. Professor Eileen Drew here from Wiser Women in Science and Engineering Research says, we shouldn't be trying to fix women. We should be trying to fix the system. Of course. We should teach more things that are... That are interesting to women because what we have been doing just copying the middle-aged schooling system and adapting it but it was built for men so we have to change the whole school system and women should be allowed to leave school when they're young to have their children to raise them and then go back to school with full scholarships and then be hired even if they're 40 years old or older because we live longer than men so our useful life can be longer than theirs. So why should we, we be restricted with their uh, age um, development and our, not with ours? Our physiology is different from men's. So the schooling system and the job system should be adapted to our needs as well. You were talking in your lecture about uh, the discrimination you faced uh, at home, both from your father and then your husband. Was there something really strong within you that always made you stand up for yourself and your ideas? 
I don't know. I guess I have been a rebel all my life. I sometimes I think about my parents and say, poor things, they had to put up with me, <laughs> the rest of my family, and I do all these crazy things, and, but that's the way I am. I think I'm going to give you a new name, Professor of Who Cares? <laughs> <laughs> who cares, exactly, who cares? But who, who cares a lot, by the looks of yeah. <laughs> That was Julieta Fierro, astrophysicist at the University of Mexico, UNAM. One of Julieta's parting bits of advice to women in her talk was not to be worrying about the housework. She asked how many men scientists do you know who worry about cooking the perfect meal and having a tidy house and going to the gym? Maybe she advised the only place you shouldn't give up on is being a good lover. Till the next time, from me, Angie Mazzetti and all the team at the Women in Leadership podcast, goodbye and take care.